I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello there and welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast. The, uh, I don't know how popular or unpopular we are, the number something or other health and fitness podcast. Not, not, not number one. The yeah, welcome to the weight loss podcast, the not number one health and fitness <laughs> podcast on the internet. I am Matt, and I'm here with my wife Courtney. Hello. Uh, who is also well, I can't say she's my co-host. It's more like I'm her co-host because she's the star of the show. Welcome. Am I? Are you saying you're not? Well, I am now. Haven't you said before this is your podcast? I should have my own photo. I think. What? Might ditch the photo of the two of us. Get rid of me. Yeah. I have me in the background somewhere. That would be even better. Just peeking through. <laughs> like half your face is cut off. <laughs> would that be an improvement? That would be funny. All right. So now that uh, we've indulged Courtney's raging egomaniacal tendencies. Okay. We're now going to get serious. Okay. We are here to talk to you about the top 10 worst assumptions you can make on your weight loss journey. Yes. I'm yes. looking forward to this one. Or, well, I'm glad you to are. If you weren't, it'd be pretty awkward. I look forward to them all. Let's put it that way. But this one I'm I'm actually really looking forward to. And why is that? Because I think that these are just... They're just things that I shouldn't get frustrated about because I've probably thought every one of these along the journey. Mm-hmm. But even now, you know, when, when you... When we were writing them down, it's just like, oh, these annoy me. <laughs> yeah, they do. So, obviously, Courtney and I have our own background, which you may or may not be aware of. We've we've had a, a fairly decent weight loss journey ourselves, and now we help other people with their journeys. Mm. And we've come across, well, quite a number of assumptions that people tend to make going into things expectations, if you will. And we're here to shoot down the worst 10 of them. Yes. In the most blunt, we don't care who we offend way possible. Yes. Because that's how we roll. It is today. It is today. So I reckon, without further ado, let's hit this. The 10th worst assumption you can make. Are we going backwards? 10 to 1. It's a countdown. Okay, sorry. Wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so this is the weight loss <laughs> podcast where I know what we're doing and Courtney has no idea because she just woke up apparently. Sorry, I didn't I wasn't aware. But yep, good. Continue. Tenth, yep. Alright, so Courtney's given us permission to continue, so we will. Thank you, boss. Sorry. So anyway, back to where we were thirty seconds ago. The tenth worst assumption you can make with weight loss. Go on, just laugh, you want to. <laughs> go, go. The tenth worst assumption you can make is well, I don't want to put on too much muscle. Mm. Heard this one before, Courtney? I have, actually, from myself. When I first started, I was one of those people that was afraid that I would look like a boy if I lifted weights. 
Right. I never lifted weights. I was much more of a cardio girl and clearly wasn't that much of a cardio girl because I was overweight. Mm. I I think I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. I really, in my previous commercial gym that I was at, the only reason I walked into the weights area was because the water fountain was on the other side. So I had to go through the weights area to fill up my drink bottle and just walk straight back out again. Get out of there as fast as you can. Pretty much. Because being in there, you might put on too much muscle. I was just a... Obviously, I just had a perception in my mind that the only people that lifted weights were people that were bodybuilders. Meatheads. Basically. Right. A lot of boys. There was a lot of boys in the in the weights area of my gym. I never saw a lot of girls in that area. So I think it just added to the perception that I had that it was really much more of a boy thing. And, you know, really the only people that lifted weights were boys or boys that were training to be bodybuilders or the occasional girl that was training to be a bodybuilder. Well, I have heard from males in the past when I've asked them what their goals are and things like, you know, I want to uh, get a bit more trim, get a bit leaner, but, but, but. I don't want to put on too much muscle. And I'm, I'm going to be very honest. Internally, whenever someone says that to me, the first thing I think is, <laughs> nice try. Anyone who has lifted weights for any period of time will tell you the idea of not putting on too much muscle is, well, unrealistic. Especially given that as we age, our body wants to remove muscle tissue as part of the aging process. Yes. So I'm sure now, Courtney, you have learnt this through your own process. Putting on muscle tissue is pretty hard. It's very hard. Even for someone like me, who's naturally a lot bigger than the average person, you've got to work for it. And you've got to work and train and eat with that in mind. However, putting on too much, what I tend to tell people is that putting on too much shouldn't be what you're worried about. Losing what you've already got Mm. should be what you worry about. So the 10th worst assumption you can make is, I don't want to put on too much muscle. Trust me, you're not going to. No. You're doing a good job if you can keep what you've got as you get older and not suffer accelerated aging like so many people have and do. And muscle is essential for fat loss anyway. Well, it is. If, if you want to look at it this way, you look at the best transformations we've had, either with Courtney and myself or with any of our clients, what's the primary form of weight training? Weight training? I'm just giving it away. Of training we do? Weight training. Worst host ever. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> anyway, the primary form of training they've done is weights. Yes. Because building muscle tissue enhances your metabolism, enhances your immune function, dramatically changes your body shape. Yes. Anyway, long story short, putting on too much, no. No, and it is not that easy to look like a bodybuilder. If it was that easy, the gym would, would, the gym would be filled with people in premium condition. Yes. Rather than filled with people who hope to God that what they're doing is actually working. Yes, that is definitely an assumption. So I love that one. Okay, moving on to number nine is I won't go to the gym because I'm afraid of looking silly. Yeah. Nah. That is a massive assumption for a lot of people and I and I know I can speak for myself and I'm sure Matt you can back me up that you've heard this one quite a lot. 
And the thing that I always tell people, and I know that commercial gyms can be intimidating, and we we worked with clients online, so we have clients that don't work out in our gym. Matt and I have clients that work out in whatever gym is closest to them, wherever they're living in the world. So Matt and I have clients that do work out in commercial gyms, so we do have to talk to them about this topic, and we've gone through it ourselves. I know I have going into a commercial gym was is in the past been really intimidating for me. I was terrified. I was I was afraid of looking silly. I was definitely afraid of looking silly. I was afraid of going to use the pin loaded weights machines because I didn't know how to use them and even though they've got instructions usually on them of how to use the machine. Who reads instructions? Well I was even af- I was even afraid to look silly if someone saw me reading the instructions, they would think that I was stupid. If someone saw you using it properly so it's not rational, I know, but that was what I was afraid of. So I definitely understand this assumption of I don't want to go because I don't want to look silly. It's really intimidating. However, the thing that I always tell clients is the biggest thing to keep in mind is that every person that is in that gym is also afraid of looking silly. And most of the people in that gym don't actually know what they're doing anyway. Speaking of assumptions. Yes, speaking of assumptions. But most of them don't. You see them sort of wandering around, sort of trying trying this, this, trying that. They don't really know what they're doing. They're just sort of wandering around trying things. And that's the PTs. (laughs) And that's fine. Too soon. But that's the thing to remember. When you're going into a situation where you're going into a commercial gym and you're afraid to look silly you got to remind yourself, well, the people that are going in there are probably feeling the same way. You know what, though? It's not just the commercial gyms. Uh, Courtney and I have had people come into our gym to start off with saying, oh, look, I don't want to be the unfittest person in the room. Well, who cares? That is true. Who cares? Uh, I think what also helped me get over um, the fear of being in in a gym, in a public environment, is that I... I realized that no one even gave a crap no. or looked at me sideways. I mean, how many gyms are filled with people taking Snapchats or selfies in the mirror like us now? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the, the results speak for themselves with the majority of people need a gym-style environment to be able to push them, to be able to get the best results. So joining a gym is really essential because – well, going on from our previous uh, topic was weight training. So if we need weight training in our exercise routine, well, most of us don't have the commercial style quality weights just in our garage to lift. So at some point, joining a gym is going to be essential. So whether you go into a commercial gym or you go into a more uh, private studio style gym Like like, like ours is, at the end of the day, going in there knowing that people in there, they were the most unfittest person at some stage. And they were the new people that were anxious about going into the gym at some stage. But at, at, at some point, you're going to have to just push past that and and go in there. And it is amazing, actually, how quickly you feel comfortable with it. I think you also have to give yourself permission to be a beginner mm. and understand that everyone... And I do mean everyone starts as a beginner. 
And I personally would rather, quote unquote, look silly for a couple of weeks while I get my bearings than be unhappy with myself for the rest of my life. Absolutely. That's a small price to pay. And you also have to give yourself permission to look silly. It's okay to look silly sometimes. I love it. I look silly all the time. (laughs) And I, I now consider, especially for Courtney and I, for both of us, we were the definition of beginners. Yes. When we first started, now we teach it. But we started the same place as you, as your friends, as our friends, as everyone. Absolutely. Be a beginner. Now, moving on to number eight, the eighth worst assumption you can make. And this one really shits me. <laughs> I'm too old. Yeah, past it. Mate, you're not too old. That's just a weak excuse. Shut up. No one, no matter what their age, is incapable of change. No. There has been studies published that show men and women in their 90s, that's 90s, can still build muscle tissue, improve their metabolism, and change their body shape. Don't give me this crap about being too old. No. I know with uh, Courtney and I, one of our our star, star clients at the moment who shall be unnamed, who's doing very, very, very well, she is uh, in her very late 50s and outperforms people 20, 30 years younger than her in the gym. Absolutely. So the only way you are too old is if you believe it and you're going to make it happen. Definitely. Thoughts? I, I think yeah, there's nothing else to say on that, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've had results with people ranging in all ages from early 20s through the late 50s. Yeah, absolutely. I've had I've had results in the past before Courtney and I owned our own gym. I've worked with clients in their 70s. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that's still making improvements to functional strength and ability and can decrease body fat. No one is too old. No, and there should never be an age limit on wanting to improve your functional strength or improve your health. Improve your quality of life. Yeah. There, really? There, there's absolutely no reason that there should be an age limit on that. Well, there isn't, so that's pretty good. Number seven, cardio does the same thing as weights. Oh, boy. You want to start with this one? Oh, dramatic effect. <laughs> well, cardio does not do the same thing as weights. If it did, I wouldn't do weights. Correct. So, obviously, there is a certain percentage of the active population out there. Now, mind you, I should specify that we are talking about people who want to improve their shape and their health, not long-distance athletes. No, no. This is, after all, the weight loss podcast, not the marathon podcast, (laughs) but that's okay. No. Anyway, there is a, a percentage of people out there who live in this world, we shall not call Earth, where they operate under the assumption that cardio training and weight training are interchangeable. Mm. Yeah. Nah. No. No, they're not. It's wrong. Not even close. They are both tools in our toolbox, in the weight loss and transformation toolbox, both of which are used to complement each other, but both of which uh, will accomplish fairly different outcomes. Yes. So... The closest assumption you can make along these lines, really, is that weight training does a lot of what cardio does plus more, but you can't go the other way around. Simply put, 
if the goal is to increase or sorry improve our body shape and look good and look good naked Mm. you like that i don't like that sound no creepy yeah anyway moving on if the goal is to look good naked weight training will get you there a lot faster yes uh, Courtney, I think you can speak to this from experience, being that you really didn't do weights until we met. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was, as I mentioned, afraid of the weights room, did not go in there, did not lift weights. I started training with Matt and the first thing we did was weight training. So pretty much I did straight into two days of weights. Well, if you recall... I never once took you through a cardio session. No, we never trained cardio together. It was only weight training. Yep. And I would do cardio by myself once, twice a week. I gave you the directions on how to do it and let you go do your own thing. That's it. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Not going to go over it again because I think, Matt, you've you've gone over it perfectly. But I think in a nutshell, any sort of good transformation is going to involve both weight training and cardio. Yes. But... Cardio is not the same thing as weights. No, not even close. So it does not give you the same result at nope. all. So moving on to the sixth worst assumption you can make is that you're too injured. Yeah, this is such a common one. Someone has picked up an injury over the years. I know Matt and I have had so many clients with injuries. Well, most of them come with injuries. They really do, or they or they start to exercise and then they realize that they had a niggle there that they had been ignoring for a long time that has sort of flared up because they've started to become active mm. and it's actually forced their hand to go and get it checked out. So we've just, even just, I think the most recent one has been a, a big shoulder issue. Rotator cuff, yeah. Rotator cuff issue with a, with a client who thought that she wouldn't be able to work out, she wouldn't be able to lift weights. Ah. Because she'd carried this injury for many years and she's lifting weights now. She's pretty much doing every exercise every other person in the group is doing. She just might have to modify it slightly to suit her physical needs. But the point is, I think very, very rarely have we ever come across an injury where we've been told by specialists, do not exercise. The only, put it this way, the only real injuries that will prevent someone from exercise is if they need surgery Mm. or the injuries between their ears and they're telling themselves this is their excuse to get out. Absolutely. I think, yeah, the only, I think in the four years we've had our gym, Matt, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, there's only one time someone, a specialist has ever said to us that that particular client cannot do training at the moment which was because she'd been uh, scheduled for surgery hip surgery yes correct so that is the only time in which case after she had her surgery rehab boom she was going to be straight back into having to be actively moving rehab rehab turned into uh more high intensity styles of exercise and and then you're back to back to quote unquote normal so at the end of the day I'm too injured does not make any sense. You can always work around injuries. There should always be something else that you can do. Well, exercise should be inclusive. Absolutely. Should be inclusive for all conditions. I mean, I know uh, I have uh, picked up many aches, pains, and niggles over the years 
predominantly as a result of dumb things I did when I was younger, but there's always been ways to work around it. I mean, it can be as simple as on certain exercises, adjusting the angle of the bench, Mm -hmm. adjusting the angle of your elbows, the angle of your shoulders, slight little tweaks. Every exercise has a variant. So things can be worked around no matter what it is, unless someone tells themselves, I'm too injured, I just won't go. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, no. Let me know how that works out for you when you whinge that you aren't changing. Absolutely. Yeah, so very, very rarely have we ever had uh, this happen. And I would encourage anyone if they're unsure of whether they should be exercising or not with any particular injury, make sure you're going to a physio or to a well, seek a special, some sort of specialist, seek a specialist to get clarification. Who has knowledge and a background in exercise, in particular weight training, because weight training is the fastest way to rehabilitate an injury and basically remove it from the equation and work around it. So let's move on to the next one, Courtney. Where are we up to? Number five. Number five. I've been like this for years, but I'm sure I can fix it in 28 days. Oh my God. Yes, because the magazine said so. Both of us are going to rant on this one. This is going to this is going to send us over the edge. Would you like to go first? Well, this has a whole big topic in itself, so I won't go too far into it, but the obvious assumption here is that there are so many what they call quick fixes out there. There's so many it titles for things because Diet. you've been like this for a long time, so it's going to long take a long time to fix it is not quite as sexy of a heading as abs in 28 days. So they're going to sell the magazine with the one that says abs in 28 days. It's just as simple as that. Is it realistic? Well, usually no, it's not. There might be like a point of 1% of the popula- population, which it is realistic because they're pretty much almost at that spot anyway. But if you're looking at myself back when I was a size 18, it's not realistic for me to get abs in 28 days. It's not going to happen. Well, can I, shall I? Go. If you are someone who has been overweight for years, you've been sitting on the couch doing fuck all for years, shoving shit into your face for years, and you think you're going to turn it around in a month... You, my friend, are living in fantasy land. Not even two months. How do I get a ticket to that place? Not even three months. Now, I know this from first-hand experience, and Courtney does too. For me, I spent the first 25, 26 years of my life heavily, heavily obese, very unhealthy, very self-abusive, and I worked my butt off to turn it around, 28 days, try two and a half years, non-stop. And since then, it has been a continual process of learning, of mistakes, of getting back up off the floor and improving. This shit about changing years and years and years worth of bad habits in a month, in two months, in three months, you're dreaming. And at the end of the day, the assumption is there and because we want it to be true. And I, well, well, Yes. We want it to be true 
So we uh, we uh, if we're in that state where we're where we're desperate, and we're looking for something to believe in. We want this to be true, so we 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 tend to believe it. But at the end of the day, the common sense has to come in to say, I've been like this for years. As Matt just said, I've been like this for years. It took me years to get here. It's pretty much going to take me years to get out. That's the way it goes. And I mean, this this assumption is primarily pushed by the industry that Courtney and I work in, which we hate. And take it from us. If you could turn it around that quickly, we'd be right there. I would have already done it. So would I. So would everyone. So let's now move on to the fourth worst assumption you can make. Number four, I have to exercise more and eat less. Mm. Thank you very much, weight loss industry, you piece of shit, (laughs) for putting this in people's heads. For such a long time. And making them exercise so hard, so frequently, and get so frustrated because they either get a result quickly and then plateau and put the weight back on, or don't get a result at all and think something is wrong. Yeah, something is wrong. The industry is shit. Yes. So the assumption here, obviously, is I have to exercise more and eat less to get a result. Ah, uh, no. 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 Actually, the truth is, for the vast majority of people, the direct opposite. Mm. Most people don't need to exercise more. They should probably exercise with a bit more structure and a bit more of a plan about things. A bit more specificity is the word there, whilst increasing their food intake. Yes. Yes. In When it comes to exercise, it really is quality over quantity. Absolutely. Uh, so typical cardio session for Matt and I will last 30 minutes. Yep, that's right. Typical weight training session for Matt and I will last... 40 minutes to an hour. 40 minutes to an hour. Depending on what the day it is. So, leg yep. day goes a bit yep. longer. Obviously, if it's leg day, then Ugh. you've got yeah some big weights flying around. It's going to take a bit longer. If I'm doing a back day or a, or a shoulders session or shoulders and arms sort of se- session, then 40 minutes and I'm in and out. Well, no, my, my chest session on a Sunday is done in 30 to 35 minutes. Yeah. And I am cooked. Absolutely. So definitely structured and quality exercise over quantity is 100% the way to go. And eating less is definitely a myth. Well, can I bust that myth with a statistic? Go for your life. A personal statistic. People love statistics. Well, here's a personal Matt statistic. <laughs> this is from the University of Matt. <laughs> conducted research into this okay. uh, by head researcher, me. So at the moment... Uh, I am obviously nowhere near as uh, obese, unhealthy, etc. as I was when I was younger. When I was younger, I was your classic binge eater, binge drinker. These days, I eat vastly greater quantities of food than I ever have in my life. I added it up one time, 24 kilos of food per week I now eat just to keep me going. And stay, and stay sustained and keep my energy levels up. But the difference is it's not 20 kilos of fried chicken and chips. 
well, I couldn't fit that in these days, but still, no. the point is, I'm now technically, not technically, I am eating vastly more food than I ever had when I was a lot larger and heavier and more unhealthy. It's just that those choices are a lot more different as they have to be because, I, you know, you look at your average person that's you know looking to get into great shape, they start to take away the bad choices they're making, you know, less, less junk food, mm. less alcohol, less snacks, less chocolate, whatever. That's fine, but all that food is very energy dense and it has to be replaced with something. So you take this back to the... Uh, calorie awareness slideshow that that we included uh, with the six secrets of a successful transformation episode to replace the energy in your run-of-the-mill hamburger from real food the amount of food on the plate quadruples you've got to go through more so this flies obviously against the assumption of i need to eat less you may need to eat less shit yeah true Overall, though, your body's going to need more to keep functioning, especially if you want to improve your performance, get leaner, get stronger, recover faster. Your body needs the fuel. Absolutely. So we will now move on to number three. And I love this one. Mm. And this is one that we've heard a lot. Assumption number three, the worst assumption you can make, number three is food is my problem. Wrong. How often, put it this way, I know I've lost count of the amount of people that have said to me, look, exercise isn't my problem, food is my problem. Actually, no, food isn't anyone's problem because when it comes to good nutrition, it's not about food. It's about habits. That is the magic word there, habits. Habits. So food isn't the problem, actually, your bad habits are your problem. My bad habits are my problem. Courtney's are hers. Yours are yours. Mm. Food isn't the issue here. The habits that cause you to make those choices on a daily basis, they are the problem. So when it comes to actual coaching someone through a transformation and helping empower and educate them to make better choices for themselves, well, this is why meal plans don't work. Absolutely. This is why they don't work and they will never work because they don't teach anyone a damn thing and they don't address the actual problem beneath the surface, which are people's habits. Sound good? Yeah. So if you follow a meal plan, that's fantastic while you're on the meal plan. But as soon as that 21 day or 28 day challenge finishes and you go back to eating your your normal food, then you're going to put all that weight plus more back on again because you haven't changed your habits. Your habits are still there. They're just waiting for you to come back to them. Wow, well said. So Hmm. whenever you assume that your biggest problem is your food, always change that to assume your biggest problem is your habits. Yep, look at the habits that cause you to to make the choices that you make. Absolutely. So if someone says, you know, I'm such a, a terrible emotional eater, okay, what triggers the emotions? What's the habit? Is it caused by a bad day at work? An argument with your other half? You know, a stressful encounter yeah, with someone? Yeah, absolutely. And science tells us that we do a habit for so long, it turns into a habit loop. And usually you'll find the same triggers are always tr- triggering that same habit. So it is about looking at that habit. It's not looking at 
what is the end result. It's looking at how are you getting there. Yeah, so I know with, with, with people that Courtney and I work with, we're not concerned if any of our clients are eating junk food. In fact, they probably are eating junk food because they, that's why they're coming to us. So the issue for us isn't, oh, so-and-so is eating junk food. What's causing them to eat the junk food? You fix that and everything starts to go away. Yeah. So food is not your problem. Your habits are your problem. Definitely. Courtney, what is number two? Number two in second place. We have the silver medal. The silver medal goes to the scales tell the story. Oh boy! Bum bum. Yeah, we've we've mentioned this on a number of occasions, and we'll continue to do so. How many people out there? Chances are you listening can relate to this. I can. Courtney can. Judging your self worth, judging your success, your progress on a number on a display. Ridiculous. Absolutely a waste of time and energy. Why? The number on the scales does not give you a proper indication of how heavy you really are or what you really look like. It's not giving you an accurate picture. And the same can I just say on a side note goes for BMI. Oh. Never listen to that. That's even worse. That's even worse. If we went by BMI, I would be overweight. Well, I'm, I'm actually I'm, obese under the BMI, but I do think most people now know that the BMI is outdated. Yes. So never look at that, one. Two, the scales are not giving you an accurate picture. So you are going to weigh differently in the morning to you do in the afternoon, to you do in the evening, to you're going to do next week and to you're going to do next month. And it's not always going to be going down. We're human. We eat food. We drink liquids. We go to the toilet. We, uh, as women, we have menstrual cycles. There are things that happen to our bodies that change, that change the weight, they change the number that are going to be on the scales. So it doesn't give you a proper indication of your progress. So all it's doing is it's lulling you a lot of the time into a false sense of reality. It's making you think that, oh, okay, I'm down five kilos this morning. And you're going to weigh yourself tomorrow and you're going to be up 10. And you're going to have an absolute meltdown because you feel like, well, what did I do in the last 48 hours to gain five kilos? And you know what? It's probably been nothing. It's probably been nothing. So they are incredibly misleading and they can really derail your progress because the number becomes a fixation, not the goal. Well, also the number doesn't quite tell you the entire, or you know, it doesn't show the entire picture. So on the show notes page for this episode at theweightlosspodcast.com, I'm going to put a link to one of our new wall of fame clients named Steve. Steve, as you'll see from the photos, has changed dramatically. Weighs the same in both, in both photos, 77 kilograms. But the difference visually is pronounced. Yet, if we were looking at the scales as a measure of progress, he's failed. Oh, absolutely. He didn't lose any weight with us. Yeah. Always discourage clients always from setting weight-based goals. Yeah. Always discourage that. I would always encourage clients to uh, set uh, goals based more around uh, 
a shape they want to get to, a clothes size they want to get to, maybe a garment of clothing that they've had in their wardrobe for a long time that they'd like to fit into again. What they like to see in the mirror. What they yeah. Again, it's a shape that they might want. Anything like that is is a better way to go when setting your goals than a weight based goal. If I people ask me oh, how much weight have you lost, and I can honestly say I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I'm pretty confident it's around 20 kilos. Ish. Ish. And people will say, oh, I thought you would have lost more than that from your photos. And I say, well, if you look at someone who's a size 18 going down to a size 8 to 10, you would think that they've lost more than 20 kilos. But the thing is, is I'm quite heavy for my size. So last time I weighed myself, which was I think when I was at the doctor, and I'm around 80, 60, sorry, 78 kilos, I think. Ish. Ish. And so generally, most people wouldn't think that someone who weighs 78 kilos would fit into a size 8 or a size 10 piece of clothing. So it can be really, really... Um, misleading. Misleading, absolutely. I, I've, I've met people who are, uh, weigh about 80 kilos on the scales and they fit into a size 12 a size 14 clothing. So it can be super misleading and it can be um, really, really detrimental to your confidence and and, um, trying to continue progress. So please, please do not weigh yourself. Throw away your scales. Well said. And now moving on to the number one. Gold medal. The single worst assumption you can make is that it's going to be a smooth... Easy process. You, my friend, are dreaming. Oh, that's... And this is something that Courtney and I deal with frequently now, is that people will look at us and assume that it's been easy for us. Mm. That anyone that's had any amount of weight loss or transformation has had a fairly smooth, easy journey. Let me tell you something. This has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, and it's not even close. Everything else I've ever done has been a walk in the park compared to what I've had to go through to fix myself. Anyone who honestly believes that this will only work if they have a smooth, problem-free journey is not going to change. Shit is going to go wrong. And I think it's really easy to get sucked into thinking that it's been so easy or smooth for other people. It's just like any other assumption we make, especially make uh, towards strangers that we don't know. All we're doing is we're looking at them and we're just assuming how they've got there. It's the same thing when we're comparing ourselves to people on social media. We're assuming how they got there. We're assuming that where they started from. And we're making judgments based around that initial assumption. So it's easy to get sucked into that assumption of, oh, yeah, but they must have just, I know they started, they were really big when they started. And I know they've said that they've had issues, but I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I'm sure it was pretty smooth and easy for them. Let me tell you something. Anyone that has changed their health and changed their body has had to battle some demons to get there. Anyone and everyone. You do not get through this without carrying some baggage and without paying a few prices. This isn't easy for anyone. No. And I do mean anyone. 
And you, going through this, if you haven't already, you are going to have bumps in the road. Male, female, everybody. 100%. It's easy for a female to turn around and see a male who's lost a lot of weight and say, oh, but they lose it quicker because they're male. (laughs) Males are just as capable of self-sabotage and doubts and fears as anyone else. Take it from me. Absolutely. So this will not be smooth. This will not be easy. This will be the hardest thing you'll ever do. There will be tears. There will be tantrums. There will be frustrations. There'll be things you can't see coming. I've had relationship breakups, deaths, cancer, injuries, work. Things pop up. Courtney's had issues as well, haven't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Things have popped up. Yep, shit that goes wrong. Yeah, family, work. The things we tell ourselves. Absolutely. Self-sabotage is a massive, massive factor. And it doesn't just happen at the start of the journey. It's just, it's a constant process. It's a constant thing because we're, we're not talking about diets here. We're talking about full lifestyle changes. And we're talking about changing years and years worth of habits. It's not quick and it's not easy. So it does take time and it is hard, like Matt said, and it's not very fun most of the time. And something else I want to add before we wrap this up. If you're the sort of person that expects this to be a smooth and easy process and is likely to just pack it up and quit at the first sign of something going wrong, you are not going to succeed. No. I guarantee you are going to quit and give up and this will be a cycle that you go around in for years. No. And it's, and it's also, I think this is a big assumption, again, because it comes back down to what we're exposed to. And I, I come back to it again, a headline on a magazine that says, this process is hard, it's long, it's not fun, and it's shit 99% of the time, does not sell magazines. What sells magazines are nice uplifting words like quick and smooth and easy and breezy and fun. (laughs) That is what sells magazines. So it's easy to get sucked into this assumption. Or or, or in in this day and age, Courtney, it gets hits on websites. Well, it gets hits on Instagram and Facebook and whatever. So... It's not that you're a bad person for having this assumption. It just means that it's easy to get sucked into this and you have to get your head out of the sand and realize that it's it's the perception is made out that way because that's what sells. But that's not real life. A final point I want to make before we wrap this up when it comes to this is that the the real test of a successful transformation, a successful weight loss journey It's not how you go when things are good. It's how you respond when things are not good. Because anyone that has had any sort of success with this will have stories to tell you of things they've overcome, holes they've had to dig themselves out of. Everyone has that. Everyone's going through their own personal battles and everyone has to overcome some amount of shit to get the success. Absolutely. And that, as they say, is that. That is our... 10 worst assumptions you can make. High five. Boom. Boom. 
We're going to close up now. Call out a show, I think. Absolutely. Hope any, this has helped. Any feedback, any future topics that you would like us to talk about. Matt and I are super excited that we are actually going to be moving recording studios within the next couple of weeks. Mm. And we are going to be then able to add an extra microphone to our recording studio, which is super exciting, which means that we can now do interviews. Yes. So we have quite a few people lined up that we are going to be interviewing for future podcasts, which we are super excited about. We're ready. But again, if you have any topics or any questions you would like us to cover on future episodes, any, please, any abuse, any abuse, any feedback you'd like to give us, we're always welcome to it. You can contact us uh, via email at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Good one, yep. And you can also contact us through our Instagram or Facebook page. Instagram. We do have an Instagram page. We are fancy, aren't we? Yes. Who are we on Instagram? Just Weight Loss Podcast. Boom. Yes. And uh, and that's the show. Hopefully this has helped. We will speak to you soon. See y'all. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.